on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Shep Stradamus, aka me, broke Microsoft Ads editor news in a prior show before it was announced this week. Admit it, Facebook's new feature for business is actually really awesome. Google announced a new tool that combines Google Analytics data and Search Console data, but for some reason is only called Search Console Insights. We give Google some tips on how to write a blog post from the Papa John's marketing team behind the new Shakaroni Pizza. I can't believe you said that with a straight face. <laughs> and Barry Schwartz found a slew of suggestive images on the Google home screen that didn't quite measure up. And folks, you got to check this out on YouTube. <laughs> and if you are watching us on YouTube, you might see something unexpected on Greg's face if you can envision it. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on August 21st, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. So welcome back, Jess. Thanks. You are a sight for sore eyes, a sound for sore ears, I'm sure, for our listeners. Aw, that was really sweet. No one's ever said anything that nice to me before. <laughs> well, um, I guess you didn't listen to the show because I kind of dogged you right in the beginning last week. <laughs> she for sure didn't listen to the show. She doesn't listen no. to the show if she's not on it. That's I our mean, Jess. That's that nice. is my track record. Yeah. I, I was telling these two earlier, I had every intention of listening. I just didn't get there yet. <laughs> Well, thanks for the intention. How was yeah, your break? No problem. It was really, really good. Spent a lot of time outside, did a whole lot of just relaxing and being away from the computer. I did watch one YouTube video, though, that was Jack Black giving himself a haircut and trimming his beard. And he used like actual scissors and it was the cringiest, like I was just nervous the whole time he was going to cut himself. Look it up on YouTube. He's an influencer. But that's what? how I spent my vacation. <laughs> that was on YouTube or is it because he's a big TikToker too, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I don't, I'm not on TikTok, but he sat in a chair and just took scissors to his face and his head, like fully everything. I thought he was going to go for the eyebrows too, but that's as, that's as on brand for you watching a video as possible. Yeah. Like, not a washed up '90s actor going Edward Scissorhands all over YouTube. Yeah, I don't even really like him that much, but whatever. What's up with you guys? Well, I went camping last week with the kids and survived, which is good. A, I had a lot of fun. But what I wanted to talk to you about was when you go out in public, I'm assuming that you're wearing masks. And especially here in New York State, you have to wear masks to get in pretty much anywhere. And after camping, I took my kids back to their swimming lessons where everybody has to wear a mask and you have to stay like even further than six feet apart from everybody. It's like very, very segmented. But the whole time you're sitting there watching in a mask, not near anyone. And I've got the mask on and all of a sudden I have to sneeze about half hour into the swimming lesson and the feeling of sneezing with a mask on 
is oh. one of the weirdest feelings I've had in a long time. Yeah, it's weird. And so, have you done it? I have, yeah. And oh. so I'm sitting there, I'm like, I, I should take this thing off. I don't want to have. No! Like I, should, I, I didn't take it off. But like, the thought is when you are out and you have a mask on and you can't take it off, like you're not outside and you can't run away from somebody and you have to sit there and sneeze into this cloth on your face, it is super weird. Yeah. One of my favorite memes so far has been um, somebody tweeted and they were like, these masks smell bad. And then somebody replied and was like, dude, it's your breath. Oh, no. That's what I do. It's like I the same like, thing. I sat there and, and like a, sitting in a sneeze the entire rest of the time. It was so weird. At least they work, right? I mean, that's the job it worked of a mask well, yeah. to keep your sneezing. But then I'm like trying to like hold the mask because like sometimes you guys know oh. when we used to have an office, I, I can like sneeze pretty hard. So I'm like holding the mask, sneezing it in like right into my face. It's just super weird. I don't Strange know. times. Yeah. Oh, what about man. you, Shep? Anything better than that? Um, Not really. Well, you know, we've been watching a lot of basketball because I feel bad that my husband couldn't watch it for all that time. It's back on whatever. On the basketball app, right? Yeah, on the basketball app. And like, we'll be watching it and he's just screaming at the TV. He's like, bored, bored, bored. <laughs> I'm like, like he said it like three times. And I'm like, dude, if you're bored, I don't need to be watching this. Like, what's the point? I thought, like, I want to watch Real Hustles of Potomac. But then I found out that it's like a basketball move. Pretty much. Boardman yeah. gets paid. Yeah. Gets also, paid. has he ever in his life just like shouted the way he's feeling like that? That you <laughs> thought that that's what I he thought was it was doing. so weird. I was like, what has quarantine done to this guy? Like, why do you keep screaming that you're bored? Dinner time comes, he's like, hungry, hungry, hungry. <laughs> yeah. So I was really confused for a while, but now I know Aww. it's like a move. So does he even have a team he roots for? Or is he just screaming about, he just um, likes good rebounding? I think, well, it like matters for his job. Like his business will do better if a certain team wins. And I think that's the Celtics. You, you're painting him as like a mystery gambler. Like, no, oh, his he job. makes hats. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, he's not a mystery gambler. He makes hats. Um, and I think the Celtics people buy more hats than the other team. So I think that's where we're at at this point. Okay. Go Celtics. But when um, you run out of basketball games to watch on the app, you guys can watch us on YouTube on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel. You can search it as one word. And we also post little clips of our main news stories there. So if you don't have time for the full episode, be sure to check us out. And please leave us a review or just say something nice. Recommend us to a friend. It means a lot. We had a lot of nice recommendations. I think Drew Shady on Twitter said, recommended us Charlie Riley. A bunch of people sharing the word and spreading the love is that how it goes one of the one of the yeah. ways anyway we appreciate it jess what's in the news this week all right first up in the news everyone's favorite market jaspers is hosting an online cooking class and you can attend for the low low price of just 9.99 i'd actually pay that i want right? to see inside of jaspers i want to see what they're cooking with yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm just kidding. They're not a real business and it's not a real class, but this was the example that Facebook used in their announcement of a new feature this week, paid online events. It's a really cool new feature. Page owners will now have the ability to host online events via Facebook, which they can then charge admission to attend. And you can do that all again, right within the Facebook platform. And at least for now, that admission fee goes entirely to the business. 
So Facebook said, to support small businesses and creators, Facebook will not collect any fees from paid online events for at least the next year. So for transactions happening on the web and on Android using Facebook Pay, businesses will get to keep 100% of the revenue they generate from these online event sales, which is really, really huge. It's really, really nice of Facebook. But you'll notice that I didn't mention transactions on iOS devices though. Because payments through Apple will still be subject, unfortunately, to the 30% App Store tax. Facebook made a point to call Apple out for not reducing that, even though they tried to get them to. So if you like drama, you can check out their announcement. But I, I just I think that this is really nice. They said they're also testing out paid events in messenger rooms for more personal and interactive gatherings, whatever that means. So keep an eye out for that. But if you're interested, it's already available in 20 countries and all businesses have to do is meet Facebook's partner monetization policies to qualify. So if you're interested, we'll have a link in the show notes where you can go and check if you're eligible and get started. This really seems cool. And again, it's totally, at least for now, free. All right, next up, Google has a new tool for webmasters, Search Console Insights. So this may sound just like Search Console, but it's not. It's Search Console Insights, the crack staff over at the Google naming department struck again here. Love those guys. Uh, so you may get a notification via email that you are in this beta. Uh, we have some clients that are in this beta and we're going to run through it. But the biggest thing, in my opinion, is that there's more data now included. This new experience is powered by data from both Search Console and Google Analytics, which is like, why are you calling it Search Console Insights when it's your website insights? They should hire the people who name the nail polish. They do a much better yes. job at naming things. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, like, they're good. What's your go-to polish of choice? I, I don't have any polishes, but I like specific oh. paint colors. Um, I don't really paint my nails, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I like, like, OPI, and they'll have, like, I don't know. Jess, you paint your nails all the time, but it's always black. Yeah, it's black. And I just so there's put no my fun black names nail polish for that. Away. No, there is. I think it's mine like, is called like licorice or something. Oh, I thought it was going to be like hopes and dreams diminished or something. <laughs> Maybe it is. And I just read it wrong. <laughs> no, mine are just plain, as you can see on YouTube. I'm not into it. But I like reading them when I get like the twice a year pedicure for my disgusting feet. That's fun. Yeah, that is good. Because then they have all the options, the whole rainbow of names. Like, they're better than Crayola Crayons, that's for sure. Well, Crayola oh, Crayons isn't too. good naming. No, it's paint is the best. Paint. Oh, Ooh, paint's good. Paint's like okay. But then you're tempted to, like, pick the paint color by the name instead of picking a good color. And then you end up with hummus walls. <laughs> do you have hummus <laughs> walls, Shep? I do. I have hummus walls in my dining room. They're okay, though. The green in green? my kitchen is Jojo Ba. What? I'm just realizing I have a lot of green. <laughs> anyway, we need to get one of those people that picks out the names, the Jojo Boz for the greens, get them on the blower and get them over on the Google team because there's more to Search Console Insights than just Search Console. So if you want to know and access Search Console Insights, there is not an easy way to get there through Search Console, surprisingly. You want to go look in your email and there's a big blue button in there. You can click on it. You can search for Search Console Insights on Google. And this is what they tell you to do. This is step two they tell you to do. Or you can access it from a link. If you go to the search results section within Search Console, go to search results and then look for Search Console Insights. And that's where you're going to get everything. One of the big things you'll tell when you hop in here, and you can see it on screen if you go to YouTube, 
is that it's really built for mobile. It's not, you can tell it's not a desktop experience. It's not going to be your go-to source, like your terminal, your big dashboard for data. It's quick hits that you can find content that's been shared, uh, the traffic sources you have. It's y'all are gamers, right? Mm-hmm. Hardcore. Yeah, this is more of a, a Candy Crush than a Call of Duty. Let's say that. You knocking Candy Crush? Yeah, I mean it's a <laughs> yes compared to Call of Duty. Yes. So one of the things that was the most absurd thing to me is when you log on here, you're like, oh, this is Search Console Insights. Maybe I'll get something good. The top thing that's blue, the top banner, is your all-time page views. It's like, what is this? What am I going to do with this? I can just see that I've got 9 million people all time. What am I going to do with this? There's no I, insights to this. Probably makes you feel kind of good. I don't know. Big it picture. depends how long it's been. Well, like Every day I'm going to log into this thing, like, oh, I'm at 9,011,618 now. Like, That's like how podcast analytics are right now because they're not really that advanced yet. It's like total listens of all time. Great. Love to see it. So anyway, there are some really nice visuals. You can see a little time metric uh, charting up and down based off of uh, percentages. It is a very nice, quick look at what is happening to find your best pieces of content, new pieces, how people are finding content. Check it out. And next up, we have some breaking news from George Wynn at Search Engine Land. But really, it's from Kberg on our team and a little bit from me because my working hard and hardly working, two weeks ago... If you guys remember, I couldn't get audiences at the campaign level in Microsoft Ads Editor. And then I asked Kay Berg on our team to help me because she had some extra time. I was like, this is going to take you forever to do it manually. Can you please help? She figured out a way to do it in Editor, actually. And I thought that I just hadn't updated it or something. But we were both right. Microsoft Ads Editor that week had updated their interface and it now has campaign level audience targeting, which is amazing. So we broke because, this news like live as it was happening. Yeah. Somehow <laughs> you had the problem right before the update rolled out. Totally. You had to redact it last week and you're, and you're working hard and now it's somehow it's news. So this like what a coincidence of events. Yeah, I just really feel like I'm a part of this, you know, and sometimes I come on the show, I feel like I'm always complaining about things. Some would even call me a little negative maybe, but I was, you know, I complained about something and it happened and I feel powerful. You feel seen. Yeah, I just feel so seen. <laughs> you, you are that girl, Shep. Thanks. So, <laughs> so just like Google Ads, advertisers can have targeting associations at either the ad group or campaign level, but not both. But audience exclusions are allowed at both the ad group and campaign level. So you'll be able to import everything you have in Google Ads, no problem, assuming the audiences are the same. This update also introduced automated recommendations into Microsoft Ads. Advertisers can implement recommendations directly from Microsoft Advertising Editor's error pane, or if you um, are smart, you can review the recommendations and their estimated impact before applying them. I would say that's probably a good idea. So campaign level audiences, amazing. Recommendations, okay, we knew it was coming, great. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. 
And this week's take of the week comes from Steph Woods on Twitter at Steph underscore Woods, Stephanie Woods. And she has a tweet with a screenshot and it says, Google ads is recommending that I raise my target CPA from $100 to $12,609 for two extra conversions. Seems legit, LOL. Hashtag PPC chat. And this is insane. When you look at it, the cost of the target CPA in the screenshot is $100 flat. And with that, you get five conversions. Now, Stephanie can move that up to over $12,600 and get seven conversions. It's crazy. And it's only like, what, 11 more clicks. It, it's, How can that be? It's insane. It's insane. <laughs> and the other thing that's crazy is none of that math works. Like, again, I am not a mathematician, but 31 clicks, seven conversions, your cost, your target CPA for $12,000, that none of that works. That is just a black hole of numbers. I mean, I'm not a math guy, but like something doesn't add up. There's something they're not telling us, you know? Yeah. I think it's a mistake. It has to be a mistake. It's got to be a mistake. But this, right? this really brings it back to the fact that smart bidding many times needs help. It is not that smart. You are still smarter than a computer. Don't listen to what Google says. It can be a tool that you can use, but it is not your end all be all, set it and forget it, Ron Popeil solution, right? And one of my favorite things was some of the responses that people had. Dragana Mandel said, yep, Google Ads is completely and utterly useless for a small local business. Google Maps send you more clients than anything else. Now, I wholeheartedly disagree with the statement from Dragana, but we talk about this all the time. It seems like Google Ads OKRs are very, very short-sighted. And when you do stupid things like this and you push recommendations and you force them down advertisers' throats and you make people lose money left and right, this is what everybody's going to think of you. They're taking this tool that's so valuable and they are just bloating it for every drop and dime and penny they can get in 2020 and that thing's going to be dry in 2025. Anyway, there were some actually other funny things that people had. Ben Rush said, have you received 20 hostile emails yet from your Google Ads account executive demanding a call now to optimize your account? And then one that was hidden, one of these replies was hidden initially, but it's from Ick Duncan or Rick Duncan. I don't know. But he, he said, as <laughs> a shirtless fellow, and he said, never believe the numbers it tells you. Do your own test and learn. You may be surprised. Um, don't do that test. <laughs> don't do that test at all. Like, no, don't, don't, don't be surprised at what you're going to get if you move your CPA up to, to $12,000 from 100. Don't do that. Ick. <laughs> and now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I See Why Am I people from James Webster at PPC underscore Webster on Twitter. I didn't know he was, I think he must be from the UK, but I didn't know until I saw this tweet because of how it starts. <laughs> He's a former Clockskirt winner. And yes, we did ship a Clockskirt over across the pond to Ooh, James. how nice. We. Oui. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so he says, fancy giving smart shopping campaigns a go, but don't want to risk performance? Yes, I do, James. That was me. I didn't know that. (laughs) Here's a thread that will show you the best way to trial smart shopping campaigns. So he has seven steps here, but it looks really simple. He shows you how to segment products with custom labels. So you have a manual shopping campaign that excludes any poor performing products and a new smart shopping campaign that only contains poor performing products. So you can trial the smart shopping campaign risk-free. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. First up in the paid universe this week, we have more news from Kathleen on our team. We call her Kbergs and she's at Kbergs97 on Twitter. Did you see that, Greg? I did. I follow her. She only has like three tweets, though. <laughs> I know, but it's cool that she's at Kbergs. Anyway. Kbergs what 97. is the 97? Is that or, when she was born? Don't out her, Jess. Well, I think that's what most people do with numbers. Don't talk she's, about age. She's a smart young lady. Maybe there's just 96 other Kbergs on Twitter. That must be it. <laughs> 96 bad ones. <laughs> there's no bad Kbergs. Okay. She tweeted, custom affinity and custom intent equals new custom audiences from Google Ads. We can now target places in addition to URLs, keywords, and apps. So if you go into Audience Builder and go to add like a new custom intent audience, it has different places now for URLs, apps, and places. And by places, they mean like grocery stores, ballparks, nail salons, discount supermarkets or cafes are the example. So I think that's really cool and new. I'm excited to play around with it. What are you laughing at? I like how it's like you went to a discount supermarket. <laughs> like I caught you. I caught you at Aldi. Yeah, the ones where you have to pay for your cart. They're great. Smart people. That would be your custom intent audience. Anyway, <laughs> and they're also combining custom intent and custom affinity But what's different here is custom affinity used to be available for search campaigns. And I went and checked and you can't add these to search campaigns. So if you had custom affinity in your search campaigns, I would go back and see what they did when they made this change because that's a little spooky. And next up, Google has added three new features to Performance Planner. It's ad campaign forecasting tool. So first, it now supports shared budgets and search campaigns. And you can also now share your performance plan with your team for viewing and editing. So there's like a little share button right at the top, just like there is um, in G Suite. And if your conversions or conversion value take longer than seven days to report, Performance Planner now accounts for this conversion delay or conversion lag reporting. Hey team, I've got a performance report to look. We're gonna move our (laughs) CP up to $12,000 team. Sounds like a great idea. And you can share it. And next up, 21 gets another one. Steven Johns, at Steven Johns 21 on Twitter. Notice while editing responsive display ads in Google Ads that it identified poor performing assets for him to replace right in the edit window. That's awesome. I love when they give you details on those assets. I saw that too. I was very surprised. Oh, I didn't see it. No, yeah, we have one account where it's turned on. It It was really cool. Yeah, I love to see it. When they first launched all those responsive ads, we got like no data on how the different parts are performing. So love to see it. I would like to take this moment to retract what I said about numbers because I don't think Stephen Johns was born in 1921. Oh, very good point. (laughs) There's just 20 less good Stephen Johns on Twitter. (laughs) 
and they're not knighted either. And next up, we reported a few weeks ago that Google Ads was experimenting with larger fonts in headlines of ads in position one. Well, as spotted by Glenn Gabe in the search results, it looks like this test has extended to position two. So they're showing the huge font in both positions. And I don't have a ruler, but the font looks even bigger it's in this huge. screenshot than it did before. And yeah, everyone's agreeing. I mean, I, I kind of don't trust myself because I haven't been to the optometrist since third grade because he did the lens test for me. And then I left, he, you know, they're like, A or B, one or two, what's easier to see? And I walked out and the guy told my mom that he thought I wanted glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? No, I just, it was so confusing. They all look the same to me. Maybe That's I just good. had superior That's not vision. Good. No, that is not superior vision. <laughs> that is not. I was just like, get me out of here. I just wanted to get the answer right. Speaking of glasses, as somebody that is newly minted with glasses, I broke the only glasses that I actually had. And these are my glasses that I use for, that are like bulletproof glasses, but they hurt so bad and they look like they're fake. They look like I'm like got a like a virtual reality app on, doesn't it? Like they don't Why look real. Why do you need bulletproof glasses? Why well, should get I shot could, in the eye? Well, I thought I could use them when I'm doing <laughs> home renovations or blacksmithing or something, but they're the world's worst, dumbest, hurtiest glasses. So are they too tight on your nose or your head? It's, they're everywhere. They're tight on my head, but then I can't break them. I'm so mm. sorry for your troubles. <laughs> You wouldn't know. You, yeah, you, you want glasses. You wish That's, you had these troubles. Um, no, I don't. I can promise you. Maybe you should look at the specs before you invest in another Oh, pair. God. <laughs> we missed I'm you. bad. <laughs> and next, Facebook is relaxing their policies around ads for hand sanitizer and disinfectant wipes. Rob Leathern, he's been a source for us before. I love saying his name. Director of Product Management at Facebook tweeted... And it made me think, like, why is he tweeting this? You know, you're a big Facebook guy and you're all over Twitter. Isn't that kind of weird? He should put on reels. He... Yeah. <laughs> and then I went and looked at his Facebook page and he hasn't updated it since July 10th. Well, he knows none of us are looking at his Facebook page. Like, he's being realistic. I don't know. It's a little sad. So he tweeted, we'll start to allow people to promote hand sanitizer and wipes on Facebook and Instagram. This will apply to organic posts, ads, and commerce listings, including Instagram shopping and marketplace. Like our update approach to non-medical masks, advertisers will need a minimum advertising history of four months, and some countries will have restrictions. So if you've been itching to promote your hand sanitizer, go crazy. And next up, Google Ads introduced a new billing owner role to account ownership. This is great if you have people in finance or accounting who need to see spend but don't need to be able to edit campaigns. And this is, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent. This should have been like just a gloss over story, like great news. But these little posts, announcement things that Google writes up, they just really bother me. Like the name of the thing, you can never tell what it is new access level and account ownership for your Google Ads account. So, when managing a Google Ads account, it's important to keep your account secure, blah, 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 blah. Like get to the point. And I know it's not technically a press release, but I have a great example here of what they should be doing. It's Papa John and Shaquille O'Neal's new Shakaromi pizza. What? This is how you make an announcement. 
They put the name right in the title. They've got the little description here right at the beginning. This is why press releases are great. You just get to the point and then you get to all the fluffy stuff. Because when I saw the commercial for the shakaroni pizza, I thought that maybe there was some macaroni and cheese on top, but it, there isn't. Is there mustard in the back? What is that behind the pizza? Isn't that like that good garlic dipping sauce they have? I don't know. I haven't had Papa John's in my entire life. What? Even now that Shaq's a co-owner? I've had 40 pizzas in the last 30 days. <laughs> what? Just love pizza. Factually correct. You look a little sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I grease my hair up a little more. So anyway, I just think Google could take some notes from Shaq and the poor marketing intern who had to write this press release. And that is it for paid. All right. This week in organic, Google had teamed up with news publishers on that new news product back in June. And there's some more information about that now. Brad Bender, I believe was the name, the VP of project management at the news division of Google wrote a press release, and then had the robot Google PR team turn it into gobbledygook, like Shep just said. But essentially, they're expanding the licensing to more publishers and countries. And there are 10 different news outlets that is participating right now in Germany and Brazil on the early access program. It includes Zeit Online, Der Spiegel, Tagen Spiegel, basically any of the Spiegels out there. You can check it out and see how it is going. So as the public launch gets closer, we'll report back on more of the Google News Initiative and how it is working. Next up, Google's making it easier to find jobs, recipes, and products. As we've reported before, activity cards are something that helps you pick up where you left off on search, and they are rolling out now to jobs, recipes, and online shopping. So if you have searched in the past, there's a good example in the job side of things where somebody had searched for travel nurse, Tennessee. They did a search for healthcare jobs, Tennessee. And they can now say, well, seven days ago, I did the search. I can go hop back into there and find out. And my big thing is, why don't you just make a better job section? You know, like get people into a job section and actually build that out rather than, it just seems very disjointed if you look at the image of it. I don't know. I would just put this below or integrate it somehow or just make the jobs include previous searches that have happened seven days ago. But if you're one of those people that are into activity cards, it's going to happen for recipes so you can see what you had searched for before. And unlike last week, it actually matches the ingredients and what you had searched oh. for, unlike that big error that happened last week. And the recipe ones are probably like, your food's burning. You forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Google search customized headers based on query. And this is an article from Rusty Brick, Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Roundtable. And did any of you click on this link or see what happened on Twitter? On I was following Wednesday? it. Yeah, it was pretty Could, funny. We're going to call this one, Oh Dear Lord, because <laughs> Barry- and This is a good nominee for SEOs can't have nice things, but it was also 100%. the whole world. This is an, a nominee for a Klaxker as well, because- what happens is the header of Google changes when you would put in something like ideas. So you could say, I want to see flower ideas, and it would pull up a huge image of flowers. So Jess, why don't you all click through there and look at it live? Because the first thing Barry tried to do was break it. And <laughs> he went through, and if you've got kids, there's going to be no nothing inappropriate. It's all, well, it's going to be inappropriate because Barry went through and put in, intercourse ideas to see what would show up. 
And he's like, well, this looks like a doll. And the funny thing is his face is just like up at the top. His little Google icon kind of is like peering down. And he's kind of like looking at these, these, these photos. And then they put in a couple other, other terms. Oh. And then he went, if you scroll down a little bit more, he went to the most ridiculous Google header ever. I should, this should be like everybody's background. Through. And he searched for, penis ideas it's just a body part but he searched for penis ideas and then there's a huge amazingly hysterical photo that is not there's no nudity but somebody that seems to be trying to measure something in a nice button down so it was hysterical and some of the responses were amazing <laughs> lisa Perone had a bunch lily ray had a bunch and you can check it out we'll put the link to the show notes below and and then Danny Sullivan had to respond and be like, guess what, guys? You ruined it. The test is over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so and to, to be fair, somebody did get nudity to show up on the main screen on Google. Oh, no. Yes. They searched for nudity ideas. Oh, well, it's and relevant. Like, keep it like, what kind of dorks? are over at Google that don't do this, right? Like you just put this thing together and the first thing you don't think is like, I'm gonna Google my name. I'm gonna see what bad stuff I can get to show up. Like you don't have anybody at the company that's doing this, you just release it to the public? Is that really it? Like there's only one guy out there in New York City peering <laughs> down on penis ideas, there's only one? <laughs> like that's it? Anyway, it's gone now, but you can, it'll live on over at sceroundtable.com. All right, I'm done. I feel like I need to wash my hands. <laughs> it was so funny. All right, next up, e-commerce has exploded, and this comes from Greg Sterling over at Search Engine Land. There's 45% growth in Q2. Historically, e-commerce hasn't beat retail, hasn't kind of eclipsed that 10% mark. And Greg did a little bit of math, and it seems like there's it's it hit about 21%, and that's to be expected. There's a global pandemic, and nobody can leave their homes. So that's just my two cents, Greg. Didn't say that. This Greg did. <laughs> All right, next up from Addy Osmani on Twitter, who is part of the Google Chrome team. There's now going to be fast page labeling in Chrome 85. So what will happen is if you see a link, you can long press the link and find out if it is a fast page or a slow page. Right now you have to kind of go out of your way to get there, but don't sleep on the fact that it might just be there down the road. Google's trying to make everybody adhere to best practices, make everybody have good experiences, and a long press to get there doesn't make much sense. Maybe it's going to be showing up on a hover or something soon. That's fascinating. Make it up for lost time. Yes, yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Yelp's updated request to quote in nearby jobs provide lead gen for SMBs. There are now 60 business categories that offer request to quote on Yelp. So it's much more than reviews now. It is growing to 100 categories in the near future, according to Yelp's product lead, including auto repair, movers, and a whole bunch more. The process looks really slick. It's up on the screen over at YouTube right now. And it seems like something that could be a benefit, except for the fact that Yelp's a bunch of smarmy folks, according to most local businesses. Jess, you're a local business. Do you like Yelp? No. Why? They call constantly and they don't stop when you ask them to. And I will leave it at that. They're annoying would be to put it nicely. 
and they charge you for everything and they don't even give you anything for the money that they charge you. Never. Don't do it. Nobody well, do it. They're the reason I was introduced to the word smarmy. So I guess that's good. That <laughs> Wait, there's always an upside. <laughs> you don't know smarmy? No. Sounds, Sounds like, like a, a pirate throwback thing. of a person. Can you use it in a sentence? Yes. When I bought the car, the smarmy salesperson made me put on the cloth <laughs> seat protectant for oh. an extra thousand dollars. So like Google ads recommendations, are they smarmy? They're the smarmiest. Right okay. when I said that, I, I, I thought I should have used Google ads example from earlier. <laughs> All right, next up here, podcast measurement is finally improving as the landscape consolidates. And this is one of those word soup articles from Ad Exchanger where nothing actually happens. And I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out how, how it's better improving. There's nothing in there, but there was one nugget of information that was good from the podcast ad platform, Acast, which is an ad server and a player app that reached 240 million monthly listeners, which how is that possible? Anyway, they said that now they've seen streaming finally eclipse podcast downloads. A lot of folks will say download the podcast when it comes out. Uh, but what they're seeing is the actual streaming of podcasts and not the downloading of it. So that's something to consider. A lot of people look at downloads in their numbers. Other people get streaming and you know that streaming number is eclipse downloads according to a cast and their 240 million monthly listeners. Makes sense. Who has that much memory on their phone? Well, you can also Not set me. things to delete after you listen to them and all that. So, there, there, I mean, for me, I would do it for my favorite podcast when I was up for an hour-long drive. I'd be like, yep, delete after listen, and I'm done. And I could still just stream it if I want afterwards. So it depends on your player. You just stream everything. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of work. <laughs> all right. Something else that is going to save you work is a new find. And it came first from our very own, from our agency, Cypress North, Kathleen, aka Kberg, she's on here three times. Ever heard news. of her? Kberg's well, ninety-seven. Well, power listener Andrea Cruz came up and found this as well, but I think Kberg beat her by twenty minutes. And there's new filtering options available in Google Data Studio. So if you're using and making Google Data Studio reports, which Kberg's always is, and they're always fire, so you can now filter by drop-down list, fixed size list, input box, advanced filter, slider, and checkbox. So there are more options you have there and check it out over at our show notes on marketingoclock.com if you want to see that visual. And lastly, Google's working on Kaleidoscope, a streaming service hub for Chrome. And this article comes from Android Police. And the only thing I need to read from this is the first paragraph where it says, if the Chrome browser just wasn't eating enough of your RAM, Google's working on adding even more stuff to do with it. It's something called Kaleidoscope. We don't have many details at the time, but it seems to be a hub for streaming video services. So apparently you can go in and be like, I want to put my Hulu here. I want to put my Netflix here and I'm going to stream it all together. And my advice to you is don't ever use it. Don't ever use anything that's Google's unless they put years and years towards it. They're just shutting down Google Play Music. I've bought things on Google Play Music. I have to figure out how to export them. You have the leading usage of phone with Android in the world and you can't figure out how to make music work, you can't figure out how to make music work. You're not gonna figure out this kaleidoscope. You're not gonna figure out this the solution for streaming. You just bought that one lace company and shut it right down. Like, like don't, don't, ever, don't ever trust in, in Google products, never. I'm so sorry about your music. 
Well, it, I, it's, it's, I used to listen to it every time I did prep notes. It was the darkness. And I bought the album and I have a few prep songs that we listened to. We used to listen to back when we were in office all the time together. Some of your favorites, Shep. <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you say? I didn't listen to them. You did. And you loved Not them. by choice. <laughs> But they're all going to be gone. I had to export them and put them somewhere else. Anyway, Are they that's on it. Spotify? I don't pay for Spotify. Oh, yeah. I, pay, I like Maybe to buy my music so I keep it forever unless I buy it via Google Play Music. Then it just goes away. I feel like if I was you and you were me, you'd be like, just pay for Spotify. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I would never say that. Yes, you would. If it was the other way around. That's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Because you know who I am. I'm like the most frugal guy in the world. What, do so I, what are you Spotify paying for stuff? A life-changing service. Mm-hmm. It's great. I have Spotify. I listen to it all day on my computer. And I, how I get, many ads do you hear? Uh, probably a lot. Probably a lot. But I count that as market research for my job shop. <laughs> Some people take this a little more serious than others. Sorry, I'm an advertiser shop. You- okay. <laughs> Enjoy your ads. <laughs> that got really heated. <laughs> Enjoy your ads. You can come watch them on the basketball channel too. They're all for uh, Best Buy and that singer girl. I don't even have the basketball app that you have. Like that's how bad it is. I just go to NBA and I refresh the score. Oh. You can just do that I'm on that Google, you know. Actually... Um, my husband one time was watching baseball and it like looked like a video game. Do you know what that is? A video game baseball? Like he RBI like baseball? Par- <laughs> no, he was like watching the game live, but it was like the batter was up. Oh, it, yeah, yeah. It just looked like, a, like some guy. And you guy. see the pitch come in and the pitch is yellow and the ball's like in the lower quadrant <laughs> and the like strike. It is the dumbest <laughs> thing ever. It's amazing what it's people on Yahoo. will do. Does he play fantasy baseball or something? Uh, he used to. I don't think That's he is what right it's now. For. You can watch the game and it just shows each thing that just happened. It's, it's ridiculous. It's just amazing the, hoop, the hoops people will jump through to not pay for cable. <laughs> it's just great. I don't watch sports. Go Celtics because we need to sell hats so Shep can eat. Thanks, Jess. You're welcome. I like food. All right. Kicking things off here in social is a new discovery from Jane Manchin Wong. That's at Wong M. Jane on the Twitter. LinkedIn is apparently working on a discover feed, as she puts it. It's kind of like stories, but vertical. And there's a GIF in her tweet, so check it out in the show notes if you want to see it. It's just as boring as the rest of LinkedIn, so you really don't need to. But I guess it's like a slick experience for all the LinkedIners out there that are dying to scroll through more posts. I don't need this. I don't think anybody needs this, but the tweet was really funny. Jane said that people are going to love it because it looks like TikTok, to which somebody replied, would love to see the Venn diagram of people who love LinkedIn and people who love TikTok. And Jane is absolutely brilliant. She just replied with two circle emojis and they do not intersect. Like there is no Venn diagram. It was, right? Like I laughed out loud. I, and I think I clapped for her too, because that was just really funny. Anyway, check that out. I bet that our chief growth officer here at Cypress North, Jill, would love this. She's big on LinkedIn, premium or whatever they're called, platinum. Fancy. Loves LinkedIn. This is like for her. Imagine yeah, the story. She doesn't really made. like TikTok. She did no. a TikTok once. One she time. Did? Yes. How did I miss that? I guess because I'm not. You've been you've been gone. Yeah. You don't don't gone leave for again. One week. And you missed everything. Jill's so. on TikTok. Kberg's on Twitter. And I made fun of you on the show. 
I mean, it seems like everybody's growing in my absence, so maybe I should leave again. <laughs> you can make fun of me some more and then no, I'll come sad. back. Puns blazing. Never. <laughs> All right. Well, Shep, this next one is for you. Instagram is launching suggested posts to keep your feed going once you're all caught up. So now basically you'll never oh, be how caught up. sad. I know. Being caught up on LinkedIn. Oh, no, did God. I say LinkedIn? Instagram. Oh, oh sorry. Did I misspeak or did I don't you know. mishear? No, it might have, I, I don't pay attention really. <laughs> Perfect. Are you, well, if you're too busy scrolling through Instagram, you might actually get to your suggested posts then. This is, I, whatever. I don't really think anybody ever gets all caught up except for Shep, which is the running joke, but. Yes, because two weeks ago, Shep talked about the fact she went through Instagram, scrolled and scrolled and scrolled. And then it said, you're all caught up. And she just said, bored, bored. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't really say anything about it, but there could be more ad space, obviously, if your feed continues. So that's a win for hashtag team paid, but a loss for hashtag put the phone down. So whatever. Hashtag pick the phone back up though, because there is a new way to message on Instagram. And that is according to a pop-up that some users are seeing when opening the Instagram app. I have not seen it, so I guess I'm not in the know. But the pop-up alerts users to a new merged experience of Facebook Messenger and Instagram direct messages. And I just okay. want to pause so everyone can appreciate that. I'm going to go hashtag put the phone back down. <laughs> hashtag set the phone on fire. Yeah. Like this, I don't, we don't need this, right? I pretty much threw up in my mouth when I read this. I hate Facebook Messenger. It's like chain yeah. letters and Tupperware parties and all this stuff that I don't need. But I use my Instagram DMs. I talk to both of you. We share posts. Like it's a nice place to be and I don't need the two of them together. But if you don't want them together, you don't have to merge it. It's totally optional. There's maybe some merit to this. Like if your mom's on Facebook and she uses Messenger and you're not, you can talk to her whatever. If you do upgrade it though, just be warned that your Instagram DMs are no longer your Instagram DMs. It feels a whole lot like Facebook messenger. So yeah, don't, do guess this. It, don't merge them. They're different things. They don't need to be together. All right. So fake account holders on Instagram are not thrilled with a new update, assuming that bots can get upset. That's a whole other Jude Law film. Instagram is apparently cracking down on accounts displaying patterns of inauthentic behavior by asking them to verify their identity. And if they don't, then they're going to have their reach reduced or possibly their account completely disabled if they don't prove who they are. I'm assuming all of our listeners are human, so I'm not going to dig into this. But the obvious benefit here is that if there's less bots and fake accounts and less noise in the feed, there's more room for us humans and real businesses. So I'm okay. I, I keep taking over all your stories, but inauthentic right. behavior, I thought that's what Instagram was all about. Oh, sad. Stab, stab. <laughs> you know, taking pictures in weird poses that nobody actually stands in, wearing outfits you didn't really wear. You don't, isn't that Instagram? Yeah, I thought the, the, the motto was, your life, but the opposite. <laughs> right? That sounds right. So I, mean, I think a lot of people are going to lose their accounts, just saying. Well, not if they verify themselves, then they can stay. But I think what you're describing has been around since MySpace, so... It's the internet. Blame it on Tom. PSA for anyone using the Twitter API, you can now use it to hide or unhide replies with tweets. So they've launched a new endpoint in the Twitter API that is replacing a Twitter developer labs endpoint. So if you're using this, if this applies to you, read it. I'm not a developer. I'm not going to try to explain it, but cool thing that's out there if you need it. 
Next up, Snapchat wants you to see all of the great content on their platform, even if you don't actually use the app. This is according to Axios. Snapchat is testing a feature that will allow users to share Snapchat content that is not their own off the platform using easily shareable links. I love their clothing. What? Axios. I thought you meant Snapchat. I'm like, is it a ghost t-shirt on your Bitmoji? (laughs) But you're talking ASOS, yeah? Yeah. We should have we ever shared where we put your face on one of their ads? I think a no, long time should, ago. We should do that. And we should do that. Shep, I only kid because I know you love ASOS, but if you had to give one thing up forever, would it be ASOS or QVC? Oh man. I mean, I would probably have to do the right thing and do and give up ASOS because like they're not good for the environment and fast fashion's bad for the world. QVC always does the right thing. Cuddly Creatures is rejoicing right now. <laughs> I'm surprised Blacker that was factory. such a hard question. I thought you were just going to get rid of ASOS. You she really loves fast love fashion. I know. But- I don't love, I don't want to support the fast fashion industry, but I'm just a realistic person and I don't want to spend a lot of money on clothes. Next level thought. Less money on Spotify, more money on fashion. Okay, I can buy one $7 tank top a month. <laughs> So you're really just still purchasing from ASOS. I can buy some socks every month. (laughs) Woohoo. My Gucci socks. Yeah. What are those, like $600? Probably. Gross. Anyway, it'll be interesting. What about the Kardashian socks? How much are those? Oh, yeah. What the guy, Those aren't that expensive. They're like, I want to say they're like $15. That's expensive for socks, though. That's like $7.50 a sock. But the Kardashian socks. No, they're not. They're Rob Kardashian, right? So he doesn't even count. And I think like Kris Jenner's doing most of the work, if we're being honest. Sounds about right. She's very controlling from what I remember 10 years ago when I watched the show. You know, she's just, she's involved. Okay. Anyway, so it'll be interesting to see if sharing this type of content brings more people into the platform. They didn't say anything about this, but I'm speculating that it's a great way to get more content in front of eyeballs for advertisers and selling ad space. So we'll see. It's just an experiment for now, but we'll keep you posted. And let's roll quick with a couple of updates from Facebook. First off, the platform has added the option for businesses to designate themselves as black or minority owned. And then if you add this designation, it makes it easier for folks to find and support you because it calls those businesses out in their own section within the businesses nearby listing. So that's cool for business owners. Something cool for journalists, if you want to call this cool. The platform has also announced some additions to the ad library for greater transparency with political ad spend. There's a lot of stuff in this article. You can read it if you're really, really interested, but basically they're just doing some things to let you see who is supporting who, like different organizations supporting the same candidate and real-time spend tracking for presidential candidates, including vice presidents now too. They're included in that. And speaking of that with all the new transparency, it is going to be a really interesting case study, regardless of what side of the fence you're on this election, to look at the spending. I saw something from David Herman at Herman Digital yesterday talking about Trump's ad building is nuts and dwarfing Biden's and the DNC groups. This is current ad library. Last 30 days, Trump around 65,000 ad variants, Biden around 13,000 ad variants. So if you are a hardcore advertiser, it is going to be, these libraries are actually be really interesting to watch if you want to root for whatever team you're on. 
Interesting indeed. And speaking of transparency, TikTok has launched a new information center to help dispel some of the rumors about their platform. They said, today we're taking another step to continue to build trust with our TikTok community by delivering the facts in our own words, blah, 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 because we neither support nor stand for the spread of misinformation on our platform or about our platform. Check that out if you're interested. I'm not. I'm over TikTok and whatever they have to say. Lastly, here in social, Facebook closes in on a $650 million settlement of a lawsuit claiming it illegally gathered biometric data. And that is the headline from Business Insider. It sounds like they were out like pricking fingers and doing crazy sci-fi stuff. But really what it came down to was Facebook's tag suggestions feature that allowed users to recognize their Facebook friends from previously uploaded photos. And that was a violation of the Biometric Information Privacy Act in Illinois. So wild that that was even a thing. Not as scary as it sounds, but it's a scary amount of money. I mean, I would go broke if I had to spend that. So <laughs> sucks to be Facebook, but biometrics, man. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I have a quick one this week. We have a client with super strict legal guidelines that ask for footnotes added to their ad copy that would correspond to footnotes on the landing page, which I heard and thought was kind of crazy. But it turns out that you really can do it. There's like a little code you can use to add superscript right to your ad copy. The bummer is you have to do it manually. Like I tried to copy and paste it from a spreadsheet and it didn't transfer over. I had to go do the keyboard shortcut every time. And also just working in Facebook, I'd like to remind everyone that it's the absolute woe and um, it's terrible. Kept crashing. It was, aw- it was an awful week. Well, the good news is they put their developers in action to combine Facebook Messenger with Instagram <laughs> Messenger. I don't know if you heard. Love it. Love to hear it. <laughs> Pro tip for you, Chef, because I was working on that same account. You Once you get it in there the first time into Facebook, you can copy paste it from Facebook message oh. to message. I know. I wish I had known that before you, you did all that, but I discovered that late yesterday. Sorry. Um, mine is quick too. Pro tip, if you're using scripts in Google ads, if you hit the preview button, which previews the script and tells you what will happen, it also saves it for you. So even if you exit without hitting save and you go back into your script, whatever change you made that you might've been previewing has now been applied. So just a heads up that if you made a change, you previewed it to see if it worked and maybe you didn't wanna implement it yet, you were just testing, go back and change it back to the original or you're stuck, it's saved. All right, on my side, something that was hardly working well, it was working hard. We had a campaign that was a shopping campaign. Well, sorry, it wasn't a shopping campaign, but it's an e-commerce client. And we had a remarketing within 30 days of people that are banning carts campaign going. It was performing well. Something happened in Google ads and audience expansion got turned on to conservative level and tanked everything. And it is near impossible to find and problem shoot and turn things off in the web editor, you have to go to Google ads editor and turn it down from, you know, expansion to one, which is conservative back to nothing. And we had gone through this and Mark had gone through this and it was working. I don't know how it got turned back on, but just a good recommendation to check out and make sure that any of your audiences don't have that conservative expansion on. And you need to use Google ads editor to do that. If not, you're going to be seeing it, the actual audience, and then showing up in expansion in Google ads. 
Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH is from Karen Howe at MIT Technology Review, and it all starts with GPT-3. Um, this is not a character from Star Wars. It's, quote, the most powerful language generating AI tool to date, created by San Francisco-based lab OpenAI. And if that sounds super techy like it did to me, don't worry. You really don't have to understand that at all. Basically, it writes like a human. So OpenAI gave their new algorithm to select researchers who had applied for the private beta with a goal of getting feedback before they fully launched it later in the year. And Liam Poor, a computer science student at the University of Berkeley, wasn't even selected to be part of the beta, but he quickly found a PhD student who was selected for the beta and was able to get him access to create a fake blog with a fake name. And one of Liam's posts, reached the number one spot on Hacker News, like it was a real blog post written by a real person. I wonder so why he wasn't invited. Poor Liam. It's <laughs> so sad. Well, he showed them. <laughs> so he came up with a clickbaity headline and then he came up with a script that would just write the rest of the post basically just based on his headline for him. He did very minimal editing, he said, and it would write the full thing for him really quickly. And apparently GPT-3 is really good at making pretty language but not being logical and rational. So Liam picked a, prop, a popular blog category that doesn't require rigorous logic. Productivity and self-help. <laughs> so the one that did really well, he came up with the headline, feeling unproductive, maybe you should stop overthinking. And it ranked on this Hacker News, which I think is the best part of the story. Like you would think people reading Hacker News would like be able to read something and know it was written by an algorithm, but it's really sad they didn't says only three or four of the dozens of people who commented on this post on Hacker News raised suspicions that it might have been generated by an algorithm. All those comments were immediately downvoted by other community members. Side note, Liam took this technology and sold it to the Google PR team, and that's where the blog posts come from. <laughs> totally! <laughs> joking, joking. That's what it sounds like, but yeah, it's a little creepy. Like, you think writing is the one thing that, like, an algorithm and a robot isn't going to be able to do as well as a human. And he was able to trick the algorithm for this hacker news and get this article to rank and get people to read it and believe it. So to, to be fair to us humans, like he wrote the, he did the, the bot didn't come up with a clickbaity headline, mm -hmm. right? Like part of it is he wrote a fire headline in there. So he wrote, feeling unproductive, maybe you should stop overthinking. Yeah, that, it made me feel seen. Nobody actually read that article. Nobody went through there and read the article. They're just like, oh, stop overthinking. Yeah, I should stop overthinking. I should be more productive. The people you know, who commented probably read it, you don't think? No, nobody no, reads articles. It's the internet. If you're voting, no, you just, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, I should stop overthinking things. Boom. Love it. Check. Yeah, plus one. I don't know. If you're taking the time to comment, you should at least read. But I guess I'm a little too optimistic. But again, you can comment only on the main title. Like, what is that article going to say? It's feeling unproductive, maybe you should stop overthinking. Speaking of, I overthink stuff says. all the time. Yeah. Like, when I'm, my, my brain's going, like, we can comment. I didn't read it now. When my brain's going and I'm thinking about everything else, like, I'm less productive. I, I totally get this. Like, and then somebody else can pop in and be like, oh, yeah, you know, multitasking is a myth. 
and blah, 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 blah. And then somebody else can come in and say something else, you know, prolific. Like if you're doing more than one thing, you're doing nothing. You know, like I just, that's three different things and nobody read an article. Yeah. Or I mean, shower thoughts, right? This is when, this is my comment on this. You just pop in and be like, that's why every, all the good ideas come in the shower or washing dishes. I had a great idea when I was washing dishes yesterday. I was being very productive and not overthinking. I, I, I'm taking umbrage with this article because it's all about what he wrote the first time. The headline? Yeah. The headline. Humans win. <laughs> okay. Next up is our grab back, our segment segments, thing that didn't fit in, but you have to check out. You don't want to miss. And first up is always fresh, never frozen segment where, <laughs> where Wendy's was on Twitter and put out a genius idea where they would Photoshop Wendy's into somebody's avatar. Now, in case you haven't seen this before, Wendy's is the best because some of them are just horrifically bad and funny. So one of my favorites, and you guys can click through in the show notes, check it out, and it'll be up on YouTube, is Chuck E. Cheese. A, Chuck E. Cheese rebranded Chuck E. Cheese, and he's kind of like a little mouse, seems like a little powerhouse, and said, rebrand my avatar. And Wendy found an old Chuck E. Cheese, the creepy, the like furry Chuck E. Cheese, and put a Wendy's on top of, like Wendy's hair. And it's hysterical in a time where we all need laughs. Another one that I thought was fantastic was uh, the Sour Patch Kids. So instead of making an actual good Photoshop, Wendy's Photoshop in a really bad format, just the eyes onto the Sour Patch Kid face. And it is egregiously bad. It's so terrifying. It's disgusting. (laughs) And I just want to know who was doing this like were they a real graphic designer who has skills and they were just being funny or did they just hire someone like me to do the photoshopping i think it's a real graphic designer trying to be funny a lot of them are it seemed like they had a kind of like a toolkit and they were promoting the four for four it was actually brilliant marketing people like photoshop me photoshop and they just they photoshop an ad on top of people like here's a chicken sandwich, here's a drink, here's fries, and put four for four tattoo on them. And they're like, oh, look at this. And they changed the profile picture. And so you just, this is the most brilliant thing ever. So they are always fresh, never frozen. And one of my other favorites was NASDAQ. NASDAQ's like, we do, we do my profile pic. And they just did the stonks meme, put the stonks guy in the Wendy's hair, wrote NASDAQ and burger, B-E-R-G-E-R. <laughs> it's great. It's, great. it's actually really smart. Yeah, another good one too, I forgot, was BarkBox. And BarkBox kind of has a one of those little kind of kind of like ratty little dogs. You know, no offense to people with the smaller dogs, but they put Wendy's hair in a full-size chicken oh sandwich gosh. in the mouth. So <laughs> if you're bored and want to see some good corporate social media, go check out Wendy's. Oh, that's amazing. I was going to call this next segment, Do You Need Slacks? But I, I think we call it Hire Wendy. So Hire Wendy. What if I told you you could make $5,000 a month curating memes? Guys, that is the going rate for a position of CMO, which stands for Chief Meme Officer for Bud Light Seltzer. And their responsibilities include enjoying Bud Light Seltzer and creating 10 memes a week. That's Two memes a day. Yeah, that's not even that high of a quota. That is nothing. I don't know how many seltzers you have to drink, but that sounds like the fun part. So who cares? Not if this they're Bud insane. Light. Well, you I don't, don't like, know. Posting Bud Light. He's always like, they're so good. Making that face. I don't know. If you think you have what it takes, if you want to try and beat Wendy at her game and you want to apply for this job, you have until September 18th to do it. So get out there and do your best. 
All right, does anybody have a live on-air meme for the Bud Light team? We're just going to make a meme, meme up live. Yeah, we're, we're, we're auditioning right now. Oh. Um, I guess I failed the audition. <laughs> well, you're out then, Shep. I would put the Powerpuff Girl bubbles with a Bud Light and be like, bubbles plus Bud Light equals seltzer because it's bubbly. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even, you haven't even been hired yet. You just got. I don't know. Can you beat it? What do you got? No, I mean, whenever um, I do that. Verbal no, meme. Whenever I do that, though, like I always just go to the, the boyfriend and the girl, the boyfriend checking out the other girl walking the other direction where you're like, oh, high carbohydrate, heavy beer. And then you're the normal consumer and you're looking back at the Bud Light seltzer. But that's stupid. That's we really need to come stupid. up with a good one right now. Um, my mom really likes Bud Light. We could use her. That should just be the tagline. My mom really likes Bud Light. And we are not cut out for this job. There's got we got to come up with at least one good meme. Just googled meme. I'm just not that engrossed in meme culture. Okay. All right. What? What? What if you've got like? It's the Drake meme where he's going, he's got his hand up like that. And then he's got the one with the finger out and one is like, you know, traditional cocktails. And he's like, nope. And then it's Bud Light seltzer. <laughs> right, I think it should be more like the other seltzers. But what White about Claw, the- Truly. The Real Housewives versus the Smudge the Cat or whatever. And they're like, oh, drink yeah. Truly. And he's like, drink Bud Light seltzer. Right. <laughs> Does that work? None of this works. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Well, we've proved that the pay is well-deserved. So I hope someone enjoys that new position. There you go. I thought they were getting overpaid. Turns out they're getting underpaid. Fair so. enough. All right. Next up from Kim Dowdy at Howdy Dowdy on Twitter. She has put together a Slack for LGBTQ digital marketers. So if you want to, there is a I believe there's a Google form where you can submit and join that community if you are in the LGBTQ plus community out there. So it's going to be a safe space for digital marketing professionals. Check it out. And lastly, all right, next up is this girl. And we had a comment on a YouTube channel featuring the one and only Shep and said, I think this is an interesting idea. A digital business card isn't a terrible idea. Why does this girl seem like the biggest hater? So that's you, you know, this girl, <laughs> this lady, first of all, and second of all, I kind of do like the digital business card. I just wanted to make fun of Greg for making one the day it came out and traveling to India and my sister. All right. Next up from Ryan Jones at Ryan Jones on Twitter. He showed an interesting case study of what not to do ever. And when COVID hit Burlington redirected every page to their homepage and he's got some charts, I believe from SEM rush, AKA some rush. You can check that out. And then our final segment here is going viral, going viral. And we did this a few weeks ago. I don't know why we forgot it, but it's making that month calendar where you're like, Oh, happy in January. You're still pretty pumped in February, start getting a little confused in March, and then it just progresses into a downward spiral. And we made one for marketing a clock, and you can make one for your business too. Like it should be the Chuck E. Cheese getting further <laughs> creepier or something like that. But if you want to go viral, just make one of those. Everyone will love it. And now for this week's cool tool. 
As a reminder, our Cool Tools segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is the Structured Data Helper from Write. This handy Chrome extension helps you quickly and easily review and troubleshoot issues with the structured data on your page. It highlights errors, calls out missing required properties, and less dramatically warns you about missing recommended ones. And then it even links to the schema.org documentation for the specific item type you're looking at if you need further help fixing something. So it's a nice little tool to add to your arsenal and it's totally free. We'll have the link for you in the show notes at marketingclock.com or you can just search for Write, that's R-Y-T-E, Structured Data Helper in the Chrome Web Store and check it out. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And our must-read marketing article of the week this week comes from Aleda Elise, and she has an article and a tool. This is a twofer. It really could have could have taken the, the last segment too. But she says, an href implementation guide, how to add and implement href lang tags. And she has seven different tips that are fire for you to do. And then she put together a data studio template that you can look at as well. So you can read the article and then you can view and you can copy the dashboard that is a Google data studio dashboard. She gives it away for free and tells you how to do it on your own. It is phenomenal. Don't miss it. Head on over to marketingclock.com to check that out. Thank you, Elena. All right. That does it for today's show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Heck. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the heck. And we are going to play our new favorite game again. It is called Prove Me Wrong. Jess, what would you like us to prove wrong this week? I got lots of stuff. I'm really excited. All right. Prove Me Wrong. There are four paper products in the average home. Napkins, towels, tissues, and toilet paper. And you really only need two. Computer okay. paper. You're wrong. Yeah. First of all, I don't have computer paper. That's not what I mean. I mean for personal care and hygiene. What okay. about those um, those oil remover papers that you put on your face to remove the oil? The point, Greg, the take is that you don't need all of them. Right. You know, of these four that I mentioned, prove me wrong, you only need two of them. You do not need all four. Forget about your okay. kids and your pores. I well, didn't know this you... is a pick your own choice. So say that, can you please repeat? Okay. So you have the typical household has napkins, towels, facial tissue, AKA Kleenex and toilet paper. And I think you really only need paper towels and toilet paper. Tissues can easily be replaced by toilet paper. But if you've ever made the mistake of flushing a paper towel down the toilet, you know that um, that doesn't work. What was the fourth? Napkins. This, this is now the fifth time you're saying it. Oh, I don't have napkins. What kind of house do you think this is? <laughs> okay, so you use paper towels. So yeah, you proved me right. I need Q-tips to jam into my ears after this one. That's not a paper product. Forget it. All right.
I'll move on. Yes, listen, no, you're sure. telling people to flush paper towels down the toilet and they no, will I'm not. Septic. And no. I just, I'm not we here for this kind of bad no, no, advice. No, 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 no. Here, no, let me rephrase this. Let me mansplain this for you too. You could just say all you need are paper towels and toilet paper and everyone's that's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you said out of the four, choose two. Right. No, I didn't. Well, in the beginning, but then I, you know what? Forget it. You're sucking the fun out of this. And I'm the problem on. is- I need I a paper have... bag to, to breathe into them. Hyperventilating, this is so bad. I do have something Stop to say. It. If you've ever brought a roll of toilet paper into your car instead of tissues, it is annoying because you have to like unroll it and it's kind of dangerous behind the wheel and you could get in a car accident. Yeah, but it's easier it when you It's more time than just- <laughs> I mean, again, I did say in the house, not the car. You've definitely been proved wrong whatever i'm right okay when you're listening to music i'm whatever your platform of choice greg uh shuffle is the only way to listen to music prove me wrong wrong oh the no! dumbest take ever the, people make albums for you to listen to in order to i was trying to listen to this album the other day there was a warning on it and said this is to be listened to front to back and while you're not being distracted if you are being distracted please don't listen to it and i didn't listen to it and i would oh, never do yeah. it to shuffle mike posner Oh, really? <laughs> he's that guy from like 2010. He's that cool guy. Well, he's he's now the hippie that crossed the country and got bit by a rattlesnake and almost died. Oh, okay. I did not realize we were talking to the Mike Posner fan. Um, <laughs> Jess, yeah. this is a terrible take. Taylor Swift creates absolute masterpiece albums and there's a beginning, middle, and an end. It's very intentional and it's the way it was meant to be listened to. In fact, I played a game last weekend where you ranked like all of the first songs from all of her eight albums against each other and picked a number one and then all the second songs. And it's very interesting to look at the similarities. So you just have bad taste in your screamo music. No, no, I got a good, I, <laughs> I can all fix bad. this. I can fix it. I would 100% agree with you, Jess, if you say shuffle is the only way to listen to, to terrible music. That's not true. No, you want to shuffle anything. And I'm not, it, you're not shuffling it just an album. Like you're shuffling your entire library or you're shuffling a genre or something like that. Like there's just no reason to be sitting down listening to albums anymore. And I don't care what you think. This was supposed to be controversial. That's so you're sad. both wrong. That's wow. You just That's... outed yourself. As what? Being unsophisticated. <laughs> I think people knew that though. <laughs> like if that's news to anyone, they've never listened to this show before. All right, fine. Unsophisticate this. Yellow mustard is the only mustard. Oh, mustard's disgusting. No, honey mustard is the only mustard. That's disgusting. The no, honey mustard. Like, what are you like? The Are you getting paid for by green mustard? Like what are you talking about? Like French's classic yellow versus a Dijon or a honey mustard or all that other garbage. So oh, you don't so like you're saying, I thought you were talking about the color yellow because I would consider oh, gray poupon still yellow. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I just mean French's classic like yellow mustard. No, it's disgusting. I grew up in the food service industry and the amount of mustard that I have had to like scrub off of things is the, the worst condiment. It's it should be illegal. You think it's and, worse than ketchup? Yes. People who like mustard should go to jail. Are you kidding? I love mustard. Mustard love is the mustard. best. I don't even need ketchup. I will dip my french but no, fries in No, I, I disagree with you again because you, there's different tastes. Again, if you've got a sophisticated palate like myself, <laughs> you might like like a little bit of horseradish in there. If you just like slathering yellow mustard on stuff, that's fine. Like 
eat up all those that yellow dye. That's cool. But sometimes horseradish on like a sausage is good. You could just put hot sauce on it at that point. And horseradish is horrible. That's the other thing. I I've I know somebody whose father has a hot sauce store, and I've had very very good spicy mustards from him. So are you trying to put your dad out of business? I'm not, but he's not listening. So I still prefer yellow mustard. (laughs) Yellow mustard is disgusting. And all of your takes were pretty bad. So um, thank you for your time. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for watching this episode of Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more, we release new episodes every Friday with all the digital marketing news of the week. You can listen and subscribe wherever you consume your podcasts. Or click to read all the articles from this show or watch the previous episode.